We live in one of the most depressed sections of North St. Louis, and 5 o'clock in the morning, my wife and I were sitting at the dining room table talking about how we were going to be moving forward that day, and this out of the dark, this booming sound comes from a loudspeaker the voice uh, demanding that the people who in the residence should come out with our hands up and nothing in our hands, and this is the FBI. Then these flashbang grenades began uh, going off outside the house, and I was to learn later that they had actually penetrated the rear of the house and flashbang grenades were going off there. And they continued yelling, come out of the house with your hands up, nothing in your hand. I asked my wife to remain while I went downstairs and to try and call and make contact, let people know we were being raided. I get downstairs to this narrow stairway. When I get to the bottom of the stair, open the door, parked in front of my house, this armored vehicle surrounded by camouflage, wearing flak jacket, wearing uh, people who claim to be FBI. Well, they had FBI uh, insignia on and bouncing off my chest were the dots from laser targeting lasers from weapons on my chest, targeting lasers on my chest. I went downstairs. My wife soon followed, and when she came out the door, a drone zoomed uh, past her head going up the stairwell into the house. And they were saying, come this way, come this way. I got outside. They zip-tied me, my hands behind the back. They put handcuffs on the back of my wife. They wanted us to sit on the curb, something that we didn't do. Then they said, you can sit in the back of the car. We don't want to sit in the back of your car. We don't want to sit on the curb. We don't want to be here. What is this about? They said, we have a search warrant for your property, your house. I said, why? What is the search warrant about? And he said that uh, later today, this morning, there's going to be an indictment coming out of Tampa, Florida, for a Russian national. Uh, and should he ever come to the United States, he would, he would be arrested. And this indictment, this thing would be served on him. And that somehow your name is involved in this. At the same time, on another part of the city, we live in a predominantly African community, but there's a, on the north St. Louis and a predominantly white side of the city on south St. Louis. We have a property, uh, an office building that we've got uh, for the uh, African People's Solidarity Committee that does, that's, does reparations work primarily in the white community here. And in something like 137 cities uh, throughout the United States and 30 states here. So there, that place was raided. Battering rams were used to knock the door in. Flashbang grenades were set off. The couple who lived upstairs in the apartment were detained, handcuffed uh, at gunpoint. At the same time, a house uh, that was occupied by two leaders of the Solidarity Movement was raided by the police. Bank doors knocked in, just as doors were knocked in at my house. And then simultaneously in St. Petersburg, Florida, at our office, FBI agents uh, raided the place, uh, knocked, used battering rams, knocked the doors in. We have a radio station there. They had uh, taken us off air for a while. They went in. They stole all kinds of devices, computers, and cell phones, and something like 40 years of archives that we have stored in that building from much of the history of, of our movement and the struggle that we've been involved in. They went to the house of the young woman who leads our work there. One of the people who lead leads our work there and is responsible for our newspaper and the radio station. Her name is Achillean Nae, who is also a so-called unindicted co-conspirator, as they have characterized me, Penny Hess, and Jesse Neville from the Solidarity Committee. They went to a residence where she was, 
and lied to her and told her that someone was breaking into her car to get her to come out and go to the car. That gave them access to the car. They took the electronic device from her computer, etc. So this is effectively what happened, except that 27 days prior to this raid uh, in the St. Petersburg uh, headquarters, uh, someone had pulled into, in broad daylight, into a parking lot and gone into his trunk and pulled out a military-grade flamethrower and used it uh, to torch the flag. It's a 15 by 25 foot red, black, and green flag atop a 50 foot flagpole. They used it to torch the flag. I'm convinced that that was a dry run to see what kind of response that they were gonna get from us in terms of what what they might run into in terms of security, anything like that. But that's the immediate history of what occurred leading to, to July 29th, the attack on my home, on our movement, et cetera. Have you received any of the materials that were taken back? Have you been able to get it back? No, they're not going to give that back to us. They're not going to give that. I don't expect to ever see that again. Even the archives of your organization? No, we haven't gotten, we haven't gotten nothing. We've gotten nothing back from them. Nothing. Not a single thing back from them. No charges, but I expect indictment. When we got back, I found on the table, after they had occupied my home for hours, they occupied our center, uh, one center for at least six hours and another for at least that length of time in St. Petersburg, Florida. I get back to the house, I found on the table the search warrant, and I found on the table uh, some receipt they said of, of things they took that include yellow pads that I had written on and included iPads and other kinds of devices for my wife, which is a total understatement of what they took because they also took uh, in that the thousands of messages and videos and texts of all sorts that would be housed in those devices. The charges are totally, absolutely ridiculous on the face that some one, the allegations that some Russian would have to tell us that we are oppressed as black people when our organization is celebrating 50 years of history fighting to do the same things that they are claiming that Russians told us to do just recently. Did you give any notice at all that they were coming? Did you have any idea there was an no. investigation? No, no, no notice. No notice. No no prior notification, nothing. Nothing at all. Now uh, this Russian national, just, Ivanov, mm-hmm. do you know him? Did you ever meet him? Do you know who he is? Well, I'm not going to talk any about uh, about about you know who I know or anything like that. That's just because mm-hmm. right now... This discussion we're having right now is being monitored. It becomes part of the ammunition that is being manufactured to create evidence for manufactured charges that's been made against us. They've got all of this material. They will construct whatever they want to out of our communications capacity, etc. So the notion that somehow we are responsible, even when they got Trump, they raided Mar-a-Lago in Florida, to say that we have something to do with undermining elections in this country when January 6th, mobs of white people scaling the, the walls at the Capitol, chasing the vice president through the hallways, occupying the office of the Nancy Pelosi and congresspersons hiding under the tables and running from it. And somehow they want to, they want to have a discussion about how the African People's Socialist Party and the Uhuru movement, we, we can't dignify that really as a legitimate kind of uh, discussion. Clearly, it is not we who have anything to do with undermining the electoral process in this country. we got a situation right right now, as we have this discussion, there are 400, more than 400 pieces of legislation 
that is circulating through states within the United States that are designed to undermine the, the voting capacity of black people in 18 states have passed legislation that's designed to make it more difficult for black people to vote. And so a real discussion around it that question, that's where it would go to, and not whether or not some Russian told me we oppressed. I, I risked life in the 1960s organizing black people for the right to vote. I have organized within the recent period actual electoral schools where we teach black people how to engage in the electoral process, and I'm not going to act like I believe that it's real meaningful or serious that some Russian had to tell me this. Any legitimate discussion around this would have to use as a starting point the fact that black people, in terms of elections and electoral process, churches have been bombed, our children have been killed, people have been assassinated, and that black people have been working around these questions that the Russians supposedly, we're supposed to be so stupid, so uninformed. It's a whole colonial mentality that this notion would be based on that the Russians would have to tell us to do this, do that. It's absolutely insidious, and it's, it's just not good. It's not even appropriate to give legitimacy to that kind of claim. We're going to have to fight this. I expect indictments. We haven't to raise. What kind of indictments? Because I'm supposed to be some kind of co-conspirator, along with at of least what? three other I don't, people. I still haven't figured out the, the conspiracy. The co-conspirator is that we're supposed to be agents of Russia who is trying to influence elections in this country because we ran candidates for office in St. Petersburg, Florida, 1917 and 1919, because we we uh, have uh, 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 blamed and claimed that the United States is guilty of committing genocide uh, against black people because we put on a website an opportunity for black people and people around the world to endorse or sign on the claims of genocide against black people. So somehow this is Russia that they're attacking, not black people, but Russia they're attacking through attacking us because we're agents of Russia. The work that black people do to get free these charges allow the United States to attack us. They're not bombing us like they did the churches in Birmingham, killing black people. Now they attack in Russia when they attack us. That's the assumption that they want to create out there. So it's bogus. So we're supposed to have done, uh, been involved somehow in being agents for Russia uh, because we participate in elections uh, to undermine the pristine electoral process in this country, to embarrass America, to divide the country, et cetera, like George Floyd's murder didn't make that happen, like the murder of Mike Brown here in St. Louis didn't make that happen. Somehow we, Russia through us, is dividing the United States. So that's the allegation. What is the ideology? What's the ideological difference? I mean, your organization does have an ideology when it relates to Russia and other countries in the third world. You've, I've seen reports you've visited Russia and met some of these folks. You have a different position on this whole Ukraine-Russian war. Well. I've been to Russia. I've been to South Africa. I've been to Namibia. I've been to Nicaragua. I've been a host of places around the world about trying to grow unity and solidarity with the struggle of black people to win our freedom. Yes, I've been to Russia. I make no bones about that and would have gone more times than I did go, not because I'm some agent of Russia any more than I'm an agent of the South African government or the French government, because I've been to France. I've been to Germany and to Belgium and to England. All of those places, we have organizations on the ground in South Africa, in the townships in South Africa. We have organizations on the ground uh, in places like Ghana, places like Sierra Leone and Nigeria and Mali and other places like that throughout the Caribbean. We have organizations on the ground. Ideologically, we are about total liberation 
of our Africa and the unification of Africa and African people globally. That's what we are about. The Ukraine war, and this seems to really ultimately be motivated by the Ukraine war in that it more and more the United States is, is not just on the sidelines cheering this side or that side, but taking a uh, position in the war. Now they're treating people who don't follow that position as uh, subversives and traitors. Sort of reminds me of the beginnings of the Vietnam War. What they've done is we do it. They've spent at least $60 billion. They've armed forces in Ukraine. It's a tremendous, horrific war that's happening there. And we know that the United States was involved in the coup that overthrew an elected, talk about elections, overthrew an elected government in 2014, and that they have been working for ages now, uh, pushing up to the border of Russia. We know all of this stuff has happened. We're not surprised at the United States' posture. We also know that the United States has obviously defined two strategic interests in terms of having, as they define around the so-called national security in Russia and China, and Africa is one that they don't talk about in the same fashion, but Africa is one. That's why the first time in the 246-year history of the Marine Corps, they just gave a four-star general. First time they made an African a four-star general, and that his responsibility is over the African command that's designed to contain Africa and to contend with Russia and China and black people in Africa. So we know that nice this government in 1969 declared that the greatest internal threat to the United States was the Black Panther Party, which was also an organization with international philosophy, and that uh, took them outside of the silo of uh, United States influence. That included with Vietnam and Cuba and other things like that. We've been targeted, and I think we've targeted for the same reason the Black Panther Party was targeted, and especially because what we do around the issue of self-determination for black people and the reconquest of our Africa, Africa is for Africans. Marcus Garvey said that a hundred years ago or more, and they put Marcus Garvey in jail for doing it. This has been a historic fight that black people have been waging for a very long time. It's not mysterious. In that way, it's not surprising that the FBI would attack us because they've never not attacked us when we were trying to move toward some liberation for black people here and globally. What happens next? What do you expect to happen next? And what happens with your organization? How are you going to respond to this from now on? We are responding to it with this discussion that we're having with you, and hopefully this contributes to our ability to break out of the silo, uh, the information silo, the narrative that they have created to define who we are. We invite everybody, if you want to see us, come to St. Louis and come see yourselves what it is that we stand for. We call on people to also, even whether you believe in us philosophically or ideology, what our ideology, to be able to make a statement that you agree, that you believe that we have the right to be able to advocate and organize for the unification and liberation of Africa and African people globally. You don't have to believe in it, but if you believe in the American Constitution, if you believe in the Bill of Rights, of, or if you believe in just justice for human beings and the right for people to be able to stand up and say, I believe this and organize for it. They didn't arrest me for shooting anybody, stealing anything, or thinking that we might steal something. They arrested me for my political views, and they did it under the color of law. People should be able to stand up and say, we unite with their ability to do that. One, two, you should contact us at APSPUHURU, that's U-H-U-R-U, dot org, and to see other kinds of things you can do with the hands-off Uhuru campaign that we have initiated as part of our defense. We need lawyers. 
If you know lawyers, if you are lawyers, we need lawyers, a battery of lawyers, because we're expecting indictments, and we don't want to just wait for them. We also want to move preemptively, because we think part of this is about making us divert resources that we've used to really bring our communities up, resources that we would use for the doula programs for African women and things like that, divert all of these resources to fixing homes and repairing the damage and getting our new communications equipment and paying for lawyers. We're going to need support. We're going to need financial support. We need legal support, et cetera. And we say, come to St. Louis and see for yourself what we are about, what we stand for. The door is open. You don't have to use battering rams and things like that to get a sense of who we are. That's what we will call on people to do. Do that. And then even make public statements and videos to say that we have a right to believe and to organize for what it is that we say that we believe in. We shouldn't have be subject to flashbang grenades in early morning hours like they did Fred Hampton in 1969 in the process of murdering him. That's what we would call on.